The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger baseball. What's going on, Dodgers fans? Hope you're doing well out there. Full disclaimer on this episode, myself, Kevin Klein, and Jake Reiner met up Monday afternoon, live from Arizona, to try to give you guys a live stream episode, but apparently we were a couple of geezers and could not figure out how to connect to YouTube Live or Zoom Live or all that, so we ended up doing it over Facebook and obviously a lot of people aren't on Facebook anymore so we recorded the content anyways some of it's a little out of date like right before we left you know the Dodgers played the Guardians and defeated them in a complete shootout also we broke down the World Baseball Classic but this was before Team USA made a statement steamrolled Team Canada so Mike Trout finally came through had a big three-run home run Mookie Betts reached base a ton Nolan Arenado had a huge game even Trey Turner had a home run, and Lance Lynn pitched phenomenally. He went five innings, and the USA thankfully ended this one in a mercy rule with a final score, I believe, of 12-1. to 1. So thank goodness Team USA survives to see another day, um, as well as the Dodgers. It was a fun time. I'm finally back home now in Los Angeles. Got to witness a number of Dodgers spring training games. That 11-4 victory over the Cleveland Guardians was cool as well. Got to see Max Muncy hit a crushing home run. Uh, Michael Bush went 3-for-3. Three three. He drove in a run. And Hunter Fiducia, another guy, probably the fifth string catcher, he's continued to have a great spring as well. And then Johnny DeLuca drove in two runs for the Dodgers as well. So a lot of young talent coming through. Very exciting as Dodger fans. This episode is brought to you by TickPick. Proud sponsor of the Incline Dodgers podcast. So download the TickPick app, the only ticketing website out there that I'm aware of where there are no service fees at checkout. And TickPick has access and all the great competitive prices for you to get into spring training, for you to get opening day tickets, for you to go to NBA. The Lakers, Clippers are in a playoff hunt right now. Lots of concerts. This is that time of the year. Coachella's in a month. You could probably get Coachella tickets over on TickPick. So TickPick has competitive prices for just about all forms of entertainment and not just Los Angeles, but throughout the nation. Use that app 
save some money, no fees, and go see your favorite team, go see your favorite live event over at TickPick. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, Jake and I had a lot of fun, and spring training was a blast, so enjoy. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are live from Goodyear, Arizona. This is Kevin Klein alongside Jake Reiner. I think the first time we're ever recording in the same room. Uh, We've had a number of games played over the last few days since our last recording, which came out on Thursday evening. So, Jake, let's start with the Dodgers as listeners start to come in, and we'll answer your guys' questions along the way. Um, I know some of our listeners also submitted questions in advance, so we'll get to those as well. Over the last few days, Jake, what are some of your impressions? Well, I think the the one thing that I've I've been looking forward to is seeing this sort of center field competition that that we know is going on in spring training, and with the WBC being in full swing, we're really getting the chance to see that because most of the regular players are off with their respective clubs participating in the WBC. So we've gotten to see a lot of James Altman, a lot of Jason Hayward. Uh, We were at the game yesterday in Goodyear, and the Dodgers offense with, you know, limited, you know, regular players in there really exploded yesterday. And especially James Altman, who has just continued to be on a tear and continued to be a guy that you really can't ignore. Uh, He is is a guy that will... uh, should make the the opening day starting you know the opening day roster um and we've heard you know some some non-committal answers from dave roberts about about that but i think he just kind of wants it oh my god um he just wants to keep it uh kind of close to the vest and not really um you know commit to that yet but honestly i don't know what more he can do yeah i'm right with you there on james outman Of the three spring training games I've attended so far, I think he's driven in a run in every single one of them. Against the Angels, I'm pretty sure he hit a home run. And then against the Cubs, he had... He he didn't have a home run, but he had like a two-run double, I want to say. And then against the Reds, didn't didn't he go deep as well? Yeah, he did. He's uh, um, just... A remarkable, a remarkable talent, and something that you know obviously cannot be ignored. But um, we also saw Dustin May yesterday. Uh, what do you think of him? Dustin May looks ready for the regular season. I think we've been waiting since his initial call for him to have that breakout season, which he actually hasn't had yet due to one the shortened season in 2020, and then the injury with the Tommy John in 2021. Mm-hmm. But so far, he looks really good. He struck out seven reds over four innings, has, com- has had like complete command of all his pitches so far this spring, and it looks very promising for the regular season ahead. Albeit, the reds are probably going to be the worst team in Major League Baseball this upcoming season. Be surprised if they win 50 games, but it's all about control and command, and I think Dustin May is a about to explode onto the scene. Yeah, I really, really am excited for that, and I like the fact that he's kind of coming into this season under the radar. Not many people uh, are talking about him that much, and not many people are talking about the Dodgers that much, which 
um, I think can only benefit this team not having that big of a spotlight on them. But, you know, we talk about it all the time. Before Dustin May went down with that injury in 2021, he was unhittable. Uh, and when he came back last season, it took him a long, a long time to get adjusted, and I don't think he ever really fully did. So now that he's fully healthy, he's got a full spring training under his belt, he looked great uh, yes. yesterday. He really did look great. And uh, I was a little worried with him. Uh, there was one play where he had to kind of run over and cover first base. I was like, please don't pull something or whatever. Um, but, no, he's fine and, and, and looks poised for, for a great campaign this year. Um, what else What else stood out to you? We, we, we were kind of talking about Michael Bush a little bit, um, about how we were kind of disappointed. And then he, he shut us both up because uh, he had a home run yesterday too. Um, that's a guy that, you know, has been highly touted, one of our top prospects. Yeah. But he, it doesn't really seem like he has a fit on this team just yet. He did hit the home run, but at the same time, it was against probably some double A pitcher on the Reds. And overall, he's still batting 150 this spring. And just given that the depth on this roster, Dodgers roster, is it's pretty full. I don't see how he could make the opening day roster at this point. Versus like a Chris Taylor, who's also been struggling this spring, batting 115 and J.D. Martinez 154. But they're proven veterans, and you have to give them the rope, obviously. They're, like, there's no way they're going to be left off. Yeah. It's because they're veteran major leaguers, and they couldn't belong in the minors. Michael Bush, yes, he did hit that two-run home run. That was a massive shot. Another guy who's been kind of slow this spring, who's on the 40-man as well, is Johnny DeLuca, who went deep. He but, looked good, too. But – yeah, it's it's like one great hit and then a bunch of strikeouts. It's just it's not enough. Versus James Outman, who is a top ten Dodgers prospect as well, but he's batting three ninety one this spring, and so he's yeah. been consistent every game. And that's what you look for these younger guys in spring training. It's not so much like great they hit that one home run, but it's are they consistent game after game? Are they like a guy like James Outman? Is he hitting it all over the field? He's not just looking for the home runs. Like he's hitting effective doubles he's driving in runners with scoring position which was something that the Dodgers seemed to just struggle with in the postseason so Vargas and Outman are for sure the two rookies that have impressed me the most position player wise is there I mean obviously there is a world where James Outman does not make this opening day roster and I think we all have to come to terms with that possibility because I feel like everyone all of Dodgers Twitter certainly us here uh, on the incline we have been pushing for James Outman ever since he burst onto the scene last year we wanted to see more playing time from him so what is the world in which he does not make the opening day roster why why do you think they would decide not to keep him their excuse is going to be that they want to get him regular every day at bats, and it's as simple as that. They don't seem to favor the rookie over the veteran for some reason anymore versus when they did in, like, 2016 with Corey Seager, 2017 with Cody Bellinger, and then 2019 with Will Smith. For whatever reason, the last couple years, they've seemed to just trust the veterans. Even if they're struggling, they hope to ride them out. And Jason Hayward started off hot. He had those two home runs, but his batting average is now down to 217. Yeah. And if he's hitting 217 in the regular season, this is Cody Bellinger all over again. That's not a starting center fielder. Even to me, if- yeah, to me, Jason Hayward is a serviceable, serviceable backup. Um, I think that him, him, his everyday playing career is is kind of in the past, and so. I would love to have him on this roster. I think he's a great guy in the clubhouse and a perfect guy to have on this on this team in particular. 
But in terms of wanting to sort of jumpstart your, your club and having a guy like James Outman, who is sort of that youthful movement along with Miguel Vargas, I think you, you almost have to, you almost have to give it to him. I mean, he's earned it. He, the, the minor league, I keep saying this, the minor leagues are just not hard enough for him. He just, he needs to face tougher competition. And I think, you know, he just, you just got to give him the rope. I mean, they, they said that they wanted to make this commitment to the younger players. This is their moment to do that. And I really hope that they stick to their word on that. Back to Dustin Bay, pretty cool stat. Over eight and two-third innings that he's thrown so far this spring, he has 13 strikeouts. This That's was, unhittable. Yeah, and this was a guy I remember when he first came up, kind of similar to a Bruce Star Gratterall in a way, where he was throwing hard, but he wasn't really generating whiffs and getting a lot of strikeouts. Then in 2021, it was a very short run, but we did see that he was racking up the strikeouts over a less amount of innings needed to pitch, and it looks like he's getting back to that level so I am really excited to see what Dustin May brings for this upcoming season. Another guy that I got to see Saturday against the Chicago Cubs was Noah Syndergaard, who also looked good. He In that game, he did give up a solo home run in the fifth, but overall he threw four and a third innings and only gave up that one run. And the velocity has been around 94. I don't think it's gotten much higher than that. I know that he wants to throw 100 miles per hour. I think he's ramping up. Yeah, exactly. That's the exact – that's exactly what he's doing. So, so far, nine of the third innings, he's given up, I think, just one or two runs. So he's looked really good and dialed in as well this spring. So excited for the depth he's going to add to the Dodgers rotation. Definitely. Any other uh, players you want to talk about before we get to the WBC? Yes. I'm getting worried about Shelby Miller, even though they didn't pay him that much. Every outing so far, he's not looked good. I didn't get to see the game, but I heard he gave up an – about two or three runs again to the San Francisco Giants in that split squad game. Uh, Phil Bickford kind of been a question mark. I don't know where, what his future lies with the Dodgers, but he's kind of become like just that garbage time reliever. I will say that when I did get to Camelback Ranch early Saturday morning, I saw Daniel Hudson throwing the ball to Evan Phillips. That's they were, good. That's a good sign. They were playing catch. Is he supposed to be ready for the season? He might start on the aisle, but he's not expected to miss much time. Yeah, that's good. And then talk to Gavin Stone for a quick second. I would Friend like of the to, show. <laughs> would like to see a little bit more out of him this spring. Um, we did have a listener question, so we should get to those. Let's see. Yeah, I, I think that Shelby Miller was sort of like a kind of a pipe dream, you know, sort of like you, you kind of are not really expecting much from him and what he gives you, you'll take. But yeah, so far, not really that impressed with him in spring. On Twitter, at GorillaGolf1987, asking us, why do I feel like the Dodgers are going to let Thompson start the year in the outfield and keep Outman in AAA? I feel like Trace choosing to play for Great Britain in the World Baseball Classic shows that he has a roster spot locked in. Outman should be the starting center fielder opening day. Mm -hmm. It's funny because Trace Thompson was legit terrible law of spring. And then, of course, the one pitcher apparently he can hit well is Adam Wainwright in the World Baseball Classic. Had a, had a home run and then a double. But, yeah, I agree. I don't know if Trace Thompson should be the starting center fielder for a World Series contending team. I just don't see that as a scenario. Thompson probably 
is a lock, and I'm sure that is the mindset that he has, but he did have a great regular season for the Dodgers last year, so he's a fine bench piece, but the question does beg who is the Dodgers starting center fielder? I mean, we know what our you know what our pick is. It's James Outman. And I I think that, you know, the way in which it will work is you have a you the Dodgers have a lot of outfielders. You know, they they've got a lot of options. You know, Jason Hayward, Trace Thompson, uh, Chris Taylor, who, you know, was sort of going was going to be kind of like the everyday ish outfielder. But now he may his duties may shift to shortstop with the injury to Gavin Lux. So we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, with Mookie Betts, they're saying that they'll have what, like 40 games or so for him at second base. That might help uh, with, with the outfield jam if they want to keep all of, you know, if they want to keep Thompson, Hayward, and Outman on this roster. Um, you're, there's going to be a lot of shuffling. Uh, David Peralta, too. I mean, there's a lot of mix-and-match options, lefty-righty, that sort of thing. The platoon options are, are out there. But in terms of a starting uh, center fielder, and I'm not sure. I don't have his stats off the top of my head about how Outman hits lefties, but um, I think – there, there, there's really it's such a clear-cut slam dunk type of thing that like the Dodgers like a lot of the time will try to like outsmart themselves and yeah. and get to a point where they're not they're not just going with the obvious choice and this is the obvious choice and I think you can keep all of those outfielders and I think Jason Hayward would accept a bench role because let's be honest he accepted a minor league deal you know there's no guarantees there so if he makes the roster he'll get a major league contract and him not starting is not going to be that big of a deal for this team and and honestly I think Chris Taylor needs to play himself into this lineup a little bit more I know you talked about you know honoring the veterans and all of that and I think that that Chris Taylor after signing that big four-year deal he's going to get those opportunities but right now he looks he looks as lost as he did last year yeah no doubt after all the talk of all the work he put in this offseason to get ready for this season, for some reason the results are just not there. A couple other standouts that I'll highlight real quick before we move on. Ryan Ward has had a really good spring training. He's batting 368. This is a guy that is another one of those guys who just mashes in the minors and could be part of the Dodgers' foreseeable future, probably as like a bench role player. Um, Miguel Rojas has really looked like a – a stud. A stud there defensively at shortstop, as well as with the bat. He's had a pretty good, consistent spring all, all the way around. Batting average has fallen to 318. But, if I mean, if Miguel Rojas bats 318 in the regular season, that would be crazy. Yeah, that'd be, won't that's happen. not happening. <laughs> but, but defensively, I've seen him make some spectacular plays that I have not seen from a Dodger shortstop probably since Cesaris Turris. Yeah, uh, my fa- one of my favorites. Um, I the thing about Miguel Rojas, I mean, I haven't heard a quote from him saying this, but it almost, it almost feels like since the Gavin Lux injury, he's like, all right, this is my job. Yeah. You know, this is I, – I wasn't planning on being the starting shortstop. I was planning on being kind of a role player coming off the bench. But now with this Lux injury, I am the guy. And so he, his play is elevated, I think, because of that mentality switch. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to him this year. And plus, I mean, they signed him to an extension, which I think was a little premature – given the fact that he, you know, was coming off kind of a down year injury, you know, had a bunch of injuries with his wrist or hand or something like that. Um, so that was kind of a head scratcher. But I think that any offensive production they get out of him is a bonus. We know the defense is going to be there, but any offensive production is going to be a bonus from him. And it's just that the rest of the lineup just needs to carry. Yeah. And that extension might actually work out because they might kind of need him again next season. 
I'm yeah. not sure if Gavin Lux is ever going to recover enough to be a shortstop. Like, if you screw up your knee that badly, do you really have the mobility to cover, in my opinion, the hardest defensive pl- position in baseball? Yeah, I have my doubts, and Gavin Lux has been injury-prone his entire, you know, young major league career. But, you know, if, if David Rosenthal were here, he would he would argue <laughs> the counterpoint to that, which is he will come back. He will be the Dodgers starting shortstop. But, you know, I think we have to face reality here is that this guy, he just can't can't stay healthy and it's unfortunate too because he's a he's a great talent he's got speed power he can hit to the gaps and uh he's a pretty decent defender not not the best but certainly a guy that we all had high hopes for certainly the Dodgers did and it's yeah it's 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 unfortunate blow uh to this team but I think I think they'll be okay without him they you know I, I I think for for his standpoint they they weren't expecting him to carry this offense obviously the the top three guys of you know Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, even you know Max Muncie and J.D. Martinez. Those guys are going to be the ones that are going to carry this offense. And what they got from Gavin Lux was going to be uh, somewhat of a bonus, even though they were kind of relying on him being one of the guys. True. But now that he's not, it's sort of like okay, it wasn't you know it's not like we lost a Mookie Betts or a Freddie Freeman. You know I think that that would be a major, major significant, more of a significant blow than this is. Yeah, like you always say about the Padres. He needs to prove it to me. Yeah. And so far, the big thing is health. Prove that you can stay healthy for once. Um, yeah. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, that's that's pretty much the Dodgers, other than, you know, Clayton Kershaw finally made his Cactus League debut against the Angels. little rough, but to be expected, you know, this yeah. is spring training is just him getting all that stuff out, figuring out. And also, he, he was also working out with the pitch clock, too, and figuring that out, and he was kind of toying with the, the, the pickoff rule and stuff, so you got to allow, you know, time for him to, to get adjusted. Yeah. All right, so World Baseball Classic. All right, let's get into it. Team USA is on the verge of elimination. Fortunately for them, in their latest matchup, they'll face Team Canada, and Canada has a Texas Rangers pr- 
prospect going for them tonight. 19-year-old lefty. <laughs> so, Brat. Yes. Uh, who's, I don't even know who's starting for Team USA. It's, um, it's Lance Lynn. Okay, that makes sense. So we got to talk about this Team, team Mexico-USA battle because that was such a disappointment. Couple From the Team USA side, for sure. Of course, because the U.S. got blown out 11-5. to couple things that uh, jumped out to me. One, it's time to bench Jeff McNeil. Oh, get him off the field. I mean, the guy, the guy just was, could not make a defensive play to save his life last night. Can't defend, can't hit. The other thing, and it's kind of funny because you asked me this three weeks ago, I think, about Mark DeRosa, about could he be an effective manager. Yeah, I mean, you know, like it was, it's a legitimate concern, and we're seeing it. And yeah. I, think, I think the mark of a good or bad manager is how they handle the bullpen. I think that's why we're so critical of Dave Roberts because, yeah, can he keep a clubhouse together? And, you know, is he a player's manager and all of that? Definitely. But can, in-game, when it comes down to it, can he manage? And I think the problem is, is that Mark DeRosa, there, there's two things, right? There's the fact that he's a first-time manager with a huge, talented roster, and maybe he doesn't really have the feel for – taking a pitcher out or leaving them in. But he's also hamstrung by these restrictions from, from the big clubs of these guys that can't, you know, uh, he brought in Kendall Graveman for one batter last night, but that player can't be brought back out for a second inning. That's a restriction. Yeah. So he had to bring in Brady Singer. And then Br- Brady Singer was just left out there to die. And I, I, I even said to one of my friends who was there with the ga- at the game, I was like, when... When Brady Singer was facing Joey Manessis, who already had a home run in that game, I was like, I hate this matchup. I freaking hate this matchup. Because Brady Singer had already been knocked around. He'd already given up four runs. And then he had two runners on against Joey Manessis. And in a perfect world, you'd have someone warming up. Now, I don't know why Mark DeRosa didn't have anybody warming up in that situation. But it's almost like the, 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 the Team USA can't really play the game it wants to play. They can't really bring in the guy that they want to bring in in that situation. They have to kind of you know, work within these parameters, which is really difficult. Plus, on top of that, they don't have a great pitching staff to begin with. Yeah, so so that was a rule, like Kendall Graveman couldn't go back out there? Yeah, I um, think, yeah, they have a lot of restrictions like that. All right, so I'll give them a pass there because I was a little, I was kind of peeved, like, why isn't Kendall Graveman going back out there? But a, a pitcher like Brady Singer, like, is USA that shorthanded that they couldn't find anybody better than Brady Singer to sign up for the World Baseball Classic? Like, this yeah. is a Kansas City Royals, like, decent arm, but, like, decent on the Royals would be like in the AAA for the Dodgers. Right. Just infuriating. Well, what about Nick Martinez? Nick Martinez <laughs> is another guy that, you know, he should not be starting these games, but honestly, he wasn't even the worst pitcher last night. No, he like, wasn't. And like, I actually get the decision of going with Martinez against Mexico and then just getting the surefire thing with Lance Lynn against Canada. Cause at least Canada is a weaker team and you know, they have one great bat, Freddie Freeman. But other than that, I mean, Lance Lynn should mow him down in what is now a must-win game. Yes. Like, based off how they also, the off- they also have Tyler O'Neill. That's the other oh, bat okay. that they have. Yeah, he's good too. So, two bats then. I mean, with tonight, like they weren't or last night, they were going to win anyways, just given the fact that they put up five runs and most of them came in garbage time anyways. The offense is so pedestrian so far in this in this World Baseball Classic. But I want I want to stick with the pitching for a second because okay. even with all of the restrictions. What the hell, Daniel Bard? He just left him out there to freaking die. He had to. We, we 
He had to wear it. Wear thirty. He he. It's like with all these restrictions, it's like he got Daniel Bard, the the Rockies closer, who yeah. they don't have much anyway to begin with. He's out there throwing thirty three pitches, getting rocked, just absolutely rocked. And uh, one of the L.A. Times reporters pointed out, like, I bet Bud Black is not too happy that his closer is just getting worked out there. And and, and here's the thing: it's like the other part, the other tough part about the WBC is that it's you know, in between spring training and the regular season, these guys are still getting ramped up, especially the pitchers. Um, so that's a really tough, you know, tough way to go. Whereas like a number of these other clubs, they have major league talent on there, but they also have guys that, you know, are in the minor leagues or in, you know, in independent leagues and they can kind of, you know, you know, rely on those guys and kind of wear them out. But yeah, it's just when you don't have good pitching to begin with and your hands in your handcuff, but I also st- still felt like within the parameters of what Mark DeRosa was working with, he still could have done a better job. You don't leave your pitchers out there to die, especially with the run differential, uh, not the run differential, but the uh, the runs per out yeah. tiebreaker. Like, you can't afford to get blown out like this. True. That's a good point. Just disappointing by Daniel Bard, though. Like, this is an all-star closer, and he got shelled. Yeah, absolutely two. rocked. And the other the other thing that I read afterwards is that what they wanted to do was have Daniel Bard uh, pitch the eighth and have Devin Williams pitch the ninth. But because Devin Williams had to come in and bail out Daniel Bard, they had to bring in Ryan Presley, who they wanted to save for tonight's game. So it's all just all kinds of fucked up. Um, what about the what about the offense? Let's talk about that because that that yeah. was one of the most disappointing things. First observation, though, I want to talk about the Dodgers, including the offense. Mookie Betts has been pretty disappointing, mm-hmm. bringing in his uh, 2022 NLDS form. Like, you're the leadoff hitter. You're the table setter. you got to get on more for Mike Trout, first who's, of all. Who's also been disappointing. He's been pretty – yeah, Mike Trout's been pretty disappointing. Um, Will Smith did have that home run, but it was kind of like a garbage time home run, like the typical classic Dodgers Albert Pujols home <laughs> run. But – defensively I don't know what happened to Will Smith last night yeah he He was he made Austin Barnes look like Jackie Robinson (laughs) Austin Barnes was the best performing Dodger in that game between U.S. and Mexico last night Barnes got on base twice he's he technically I don't know if they were technically two steals but he got to from first to second twice because of a wild pitch and a stolen base yeah and then defensively um the starter for Team Mexico Patrick Sandoval this is verbatim, but he said to Bob Nightingale, you know, all the credit in the world goes to Austin Barnes for guiding me throughout the game. He said this guy is a masterful game planner and the strategy that they had implemented, like they were all in. Like, Stuff we already knew about him, but yeah. now, now the world is finding out. <laughs> and then sticking to offense, but also the pitching Assad, who came in from Mexico, like the guy literally has ass in his name, <laughs> and he threw three shutout dick. Just, Kenny. just <laughs> mowed him down. Mo- yeah, he just mowed us down. <laughs> and so, yeah, full credit. You know, we're Dodgers fan here. Full credit to Austin Barnes as well. Like this is just the guy. Like he, even though this isn't his team, it looked like he had done a full scouting report on Team USA. I knew exactly where to spot all the pitches. We should have known when he when he and Alex Wood outsmarted the cheating Astros that he was, you know, a guy that to, to be reckoned with. Now, Austin Barnes, you know, I don't know what his connection is to 
Mexico. I think he's like a quarter. It's like yeah, grandparent Mexican. or something. But boy, they they found a gem there with him. Uh, he did well. Yeah, Will Smith. There was a lot of um, a lot of dropped balls. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys taking advantage of him. Um, there was one. There was one play where he kind of the the ball kind of popped out of his mitt, and then he scrambled and threw it down the second. Of course, Jeff McNeil couldn't handle the throw, um, and it was just it was just all sorts of bad. But hey, I mean, at least. At least he put a run on the board. I mean, the, the you can't say that much for the rest of that lineup. I think I think going into tonight's game and moving forward, they got to make some lineup changes. Uh, yeah. I I really like Tim Anderson. I love what he did. I think Trey Turner just he just doesn't have it in big moments in big games. I don't think mm-hmm. you can really trust him with all with all of his talent. Bobby Wood Jr. looked great. Yeah. I think he should be given a shot. Just got to shake shake things up a little bit. And I don't know. I mean, I know that the. Um, that Team Canada has a lefty going for him, and they okay. don't usually like to uh, to put Schwarber in the lineup against the lefty. But God, I mean, I you you got to get some offense that's, somewhere. That's where I was going, and like that is such Dave Roberts one hundred and one right there. Like the guy Schwarber hit a three run home run against Great Britain. He's not on the lineup the next yeah. day. Like there, are, a guy like Schwarber, I'm pretty sure is not he's not affected by platoons like. Probably mashes righties better, but I'm pretty sure I've seen him hit home runs off lefties as well. And if you're going to shake it up, maybe you put Mookie Betts at second base and then you put Schwarber out in left field and Kyle Tucker, one of the few who have actually done anything, he can be your right fielder. Kyle Tucker's been great. Another alternative, if they really don't want Schwarber out there in left field, then sorry, Pete Alonzo, like you didn't do shit last night. You can ride the bench. We'll put Schwarber at DH. Um, We keep Mookie out there and right. And then... I think you probably could put Trey Turner at second base then. Yeah, you could. You could definitely do that. Or or Bobby Wood Jr. I mean, I think they kind of have to play Trey Turner, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, it's a big game, but come on. It's Team Canada. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you can't get hits off these double-A pitchers and – I mean, I mean, you know, I know that they they mercy ruled Great Britain yesterday, but Great Britain put up like eight runs on them. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, that's that should tell you something. Yeah. And, like, a guy like Trey Turner with his speed, like, if he gets on, let's hope he just takes off and just gets some st- stolen bases. But I want to I talk about Team Mexico for a second because yeah. what we saw from them was spectacular. I mean, not, not just the fact that they – And their fans were loud. Boat raced us. But, they yeah, their fans were loud. They were passionate. I think they clearly outnumbered the USA fans. It wasn't even close. And I just I loved the atmosphere last night. I mean, yes, our our guys were getting crushed, but just being in that atmosphere, absorbing like just the the love and passion that they have for their team and for baseball. I mean, th- this is this is what Major League Baseball WBC needs to capitalize on. You know, yeah. like these. You know, we're seeing it with with Team Japan too. Like th- these fans are are rabid and they're passionate, and it's it's great to see. And the one thing that you can really tell, it's like when your team isn't doing well and the other team is, you can really feel how loud it is in a stadium. Because, like, when you're not cheering, oh, my God. <laughs> Especially when Joey Manessas, who, by the way, what a beast he is. They, the, guy, the guy burst onto the scene last year with the Nationals, an absolute tank. And for him to hit two bombs, the second one, just the place exploded. And I was sitting, like, basically on top of the roof. Like, that's how high up I was. I mean, just seeing the, the, the stadium explode like that. What did you make of the atmosphere last night? Yeah, I mean, it felt like even though Team USA was the home team technically, it yeah. felt like this. felt like a Rams game, right? Well, <laughs> a Rams yeah, home game. I was going to say it felt like 
this was a Team Mexico home game. Oh, 100%. Of, and, yeah, they they were the, – the Mexican fans were just louder from the get-go. I mean, when Randy Rosarena was the first batter to lead off, they just erupted for him. Yep. Like, just wow. Like, but here's the thing, though. Team USA doesn't have that, like, flavor. Like, they don't, they don't have that, that passion and that fire that, that Team Mexico had. Like, there's nobody on that roster. And I've, I've made this remark to you several times. It, it felt like the 2022 Dodgers in the playoffs. Like, like, all the talent in the world, best roster we've ever seen, can't get it done in big games. Just very sleepy, very pedestrian. I don't know who the leader of this team is. I, I hear it's Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. But, I, I mean, who's going to be the guy in that clubhouse? Which is why it's so frustrating that Bryce Harper couldn't be a part of this team because he is that guy for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. If we need a guy to rally these troops. Like we, we've got to get a guy in there that fires this team up. And I just don't, don't see it. They, they've, they've got a collection of like great talented players, Yeah. but all of them are the same type of player. <laughs> right. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's almost like last night it felt like watching 2004 USA men's basketball. Where, yes. Where I feel like, no disrespect to Team USA, but I feel like they just were hoping to show up and hope that talent were, would outweigh, you know, game planning and yeah. stuff versus Mexico, which we already know based off Sandoval's words about Barnes. They clearly prepped for this game knowing they had to win. And I think Team USA, it looks like they're just trying to show up and like, yeah, we'll just, you know, swing our way into victories. And that clearly did not work. So let's yeah. see how they respond in this do or die game against Canada. We need to see more out of Mike Trout for sure. Um, no one are not I can't criticize he's been pretty good but he's been great Paul Goldschmidt another one I would if you're batting third I would like to see you do a little bit more he's been getting on base though he has yeah I just you gotta we need more from our two best players Mookie Betts and Mike Trout yeah just need more from them yeah so far (laughs) the Houston Astros have been the best hitter I feel like yeah Kyle Tucker has been great yeah is there anything else Jake uh, worth covering um, I, I just really enjoyed this World Baseball Classic. It's been great. Uh, I think that it's on the rise. And I think that um, I think they got to choose a different venue, though, because Chase Field is just it's not just, a good it's stadium. not good. It's just not good. Aesthetically, it's not good. Uh, the the beer lines are insane. The food lines are out. I mean, oh, they, my God. The concession stands in all of Arizona yeah. are a disaster. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And also, like, I don't know the the team store was like they they didn't they didn't prepare for how much merchandise people wanted to buy but like I couldn't I couldn't find I've been there a few a few times now I couldn't find any of our I couldn't I wanted to find a Mookie Betts shirt or a jersey and I couldn't find that uh, because they're all they're all sold out but there's plenty of Pete Alonso shirts in there uh, plenty of Nolan Arenado plenty of Paul Goldschmidt jerseys still available. So there was a there was a sis there's or sorry. Someone's calling me. So there was a segment, so I'll credit them. It was technically a guy from Barstool Sports who he did a thing where he looks at the MLB Pipeline's top 10 prospects for that given year, and then he just goes down the line and he credits you know, who was legit and who was a bust. So I was kind of thinking that we could tr- start doing that for the Dodgers and look back. Uh, so for this segment, I actually wanted to start with 2008. So I'm trying to find the most appropriate list. Um, and we'll start doing this moving forward. So I guess this is July 22nd, 2008. So mm-hmm. 
this list was posted on Christmas. Yeah, this works. So, <laughs> all right. So this is the 2008 Dodgers prospect. So me and Jake, we're going to start with 2008, and we're going to go down the line real quick, and we're going to talk about did this guy live up to hype or was he a bust? So in 2008, the Dodgers' number one prospect was Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> I would say uh, he lived up to the hype and more. Well, yeah, exceeded expectations. Their number two prospect was Andy LaRoche. Oh, my God. Dude, I, I was like, when Andy LaRoche was coming up, I remember hearing, like, just like, oh, my God, wait for Andy LaRoche to get here. And, like, he was terrible. <laughs> he was so bad. And uh, he was, like, the one of the um, – he was in the Manny Ramirez trade, wasn't he? Yeah. So I guess he helped us in that regard. But on the field, not no, so much. Yeah, he was a bust. Number three, James McDonald. Oh, I remember him. Pitcher, right? Yes. He, he got rocked. I just – every time he went out there, he got – he was, like, pitching batting practice out there. Yeah, I would say he was not good. Number four, Chin Lung Hu. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to be like uh, the the next like you know shortstop. Well, he was a shortstop, right? Yep. Um, and it was sort of, we were in a transition period. Was that was that before or after for call? Uh, for call was signed in two thousand six. So. Okay, so that was after for call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was he was bad. Number five, Jonathan Malone. I don't even know who that is. Yep, don't know who that is. Probably didn't even make the majors. Number six, Delwyn Young. Now, Delwyn Young, he kind of was a – he ended up being like a journeyman type of guy, right? Like he yeah. wasn't – he didn't really turn out to be much. Yeah, I don't think he was anything special. Number seven, Chris Withrow. Another guy who yeah, – I think they drafted him in the first or second round, and they had hope that he would be – I think he – didn't he have one good stretch? Like I felt like he was – Solid for like a week or something. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, not. I great. would say no. He did not live up to the expectations. Number eight, Scott Elbert. Yeah, no. he made the majors. Yeah, he, had, he was like a very. He was a lefty, right? He was a lefty. He he was the one that gave up that big home run to Colton Wan in the NLDS. Oh God. Don Mattingly had like a love for him for some reason. But to be fair, that Dodgers bullpen with Don Mattingly, we had we had Kenley yeah. Jansen, and that was it. But he made the majors. He was a average reliever for a few seasons, so I think he lived up to his expectations. So I'll give him the nod. Number nine for this year was Blake Dewitt. You know, Blake Dewitt. Actually, I don't know if he he lived up to his hype, but certainly they expected more from him than yeah. what he provided. But he had some moments. I mean, you know, he was serviceable. Not many. Yeah, he was he was all right. He was gonna he was supposed to take the throne from Jeff Kent. And yeah. He just was not good, and they ended up going with Orlando Hudson. And I think they went to Ronnie Belliard, and yeah. then what? Jamie Carroll slash Aaron Miles until Mark oh, Ellis. God, that so, was just a brutal stretch right there. So I do not think that um, Blake Dewitt lived up to the hype at no, all. He no, no. He's he was about. And then number ten. Andrew Lambo, don't even know who that is, but we can just say he's in limbo. So, so basically, Clayton Kershaw. Basically, Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> and a little credit to Scott Elbert. So two out of ten. I mean, that's pushing it for Scott Elbert. <laughs> let's be honest. So that that's the that's the Ned uh, Coletti era right there. Tried mm. to make that case, you know, maybe a season ago where. He had some gems, but, like, our farm systems under him were ass. Yeah. And that's why they couldn't really make a lot of great trades because they didn't have trade chips. Right, right. I got some breaking news. This is huge breaking news. What According happened? to Bill Plunkett of the OC Register. You ready for this, Okay, Jake? all right. 
free agent, right-handed pitcher Trevor Bauer has reportedly signed to pitch for, guess. Is it a major league team? No. He's going to Japan. Oh, my God. <laughs> for the, the Yokohama oh. Bay Stars. A one-year, $4 million deal oh. plus incentives. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> It might be the biggest uh, what the fuck breaking he, news. Uh, he's going to be insufferable again. Oh, God. He's going to be back. I mean, he's going to be back in our lives to, to Not, a certain degree. I mean, a certain degree, like, what, like a 30 degree? Like like a little tiny, yeah. tri- like a little tiny triangle degree? Like, yeah. He ain't, he ain't in the majors, so, like, go fuck. Oh, you my. Go to Japan. Like, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> wow. I mean, we kind of expected that. I mean, that that was the only option for him. They, there was no, there was no major league team out there that was going to risk that PR headache. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I thought I figured like, okay, if the Dodgers aren't able to trade him, like even if they like offered multiple prospects, then yeah, they're they're he's done. Like I think he's blacklisted from major league baseball. I don't and I think, think other teams knew. I mean, when they tried to like see if there was a trade market for him, they knew that that basically. Why would we give up anything for him when we could just wait for him to get DFA'd, which he did? Yeah. And, and still nobody wanted him. And nobody wanted him for, like, the league minimum. Uh, and now, yeah, he's going to pitch in Japan. <laughs> he's probably going to be really good there, I would assume. But good riddance, dude. That was one of, one of the worst free agent signings ever. I mean, it has to be, right? It's top the, it's top five, it's, top three, I don't know. It's the worst, and it's not you know, it's not because of talent. It's just because of everything that— Just the baggage. That, yeah. I mean, three three years, $102 million, They paid him, I think, 30-something million to get— what was it? 17 starts. 17 starts at him. Just a disaster. Yeah. See you later, buddy. <laughs> All right. I hope he never pitches in the majors again. Like I hope, he, like I hope he goes to Japan and you know he'll do what he does there. But I, I really hope he doesn't. Nobody brings him back. Totally. Anything else? Um. Oh yeah. One final thing. Um. Did you catch that that weird thing with uh, Will Smith and Randy Rosarena? That was strange. I didn't, I didn't but see it like at the game. Yeah, I saw the clip of it. Yeah, I saw the clip. It was bizarre. And then they asked Randy Rosarina after that, and basically he was like, "Yeah, I was trying to give him a fist bump, but he left he left me hanging." I mean, I don't know. I think it's just a bunch of smoke. Yeah, I think they. I think like casuals and people online are just trying to make any excuse to like bash the Dodgers player, but at the same time, like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. <laughs> that's a weird but uh at the same time like come on will smith like you guys kind of have a connection with the 2020 world series like you knew he was trying to say hello like just give him a fist bump you're not, you're not too cool to say hi like what what is this this isn't like this isn't even a major league game this is an exhibition for like you know world baseball yeah like if you're it's like this doesn't have to be american culture like if someone's saying hi to you, just just say hey back. Like, I wonder if I didn't hear a quote from him, or if anybody asked him. But yeah, that, that, that would be the that would be the person I'd want to hear from because clear, clearly we knew what Randy Orozarena was trying to do. Yeah, yeah it's just a weird. It's just weird. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. So this will be out on the podcast. Uh, we recorded live on Facebook. But thank you guys so much for listening to the Incline Dodgers podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and. Pretty soon, we got to start previewing the Dodgers' actual 2023 regular season. Yes. So, peace out from Arizona.
Adios. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.